Hello and welcome to Locked On Marlins, your daily Marlins podcast with me, Peter Pratt. And don't forget to follow me, guys, of course, on Twitter at MiamiMarlins underscore UK. Big moment today as well. Thursday episode of Locked On Marlins and a big moment on Twitter. I have gone over 4,000 followers for anyone that counts, anyone that cares. Over 4,000. It doesn't mean anything. It means absolutely nothing. But nevertheless, thank you to everyone that's following me on Twitter. Hope you're enjoying it. And welcome to Locked On Marlins Thursday edition. I have I have one of Marlins Twitter joining me. First appearance on Lockdown Marlins. Sean Millerick is in the house. Sean, how are we doing? Doing great. Happy to be here, Peter. Absolutely. We love a Sean on Lockdown Marlins. That has been a theme. We love Sean's, no doubt. So you're great to have you on. I heard you speaking on a, a Fish Stripes uh, Spaces, a post-game Spaces, I think, a few weeks back, and I thought, let's reach out to Sean at some point. We'll get him on. And I think it's the right time. There's a lot going on right now. A lot going on, just not not just um, baseball wise. You're sitting here talking to me in a heat cap. Obviously, the, there's a lot of sporting action going on in South Florida right now. Um, but we're just about a quarter of the way, just under a quarter of the way into this Marlins season and, and the MLB season in general. First off, just give me a general sense of like the Miami Marlins in 2022. From what you've seen, a quarter of the way in, have you worked out who these Marlins are? Are they going to be any good? Uh, as as far as worked out, no, uh, there it's, you know, it's been very you know, yep. up and down that tail of that tail of two streaks. Yeah. There, you know, just when we thought maybe everything was clicking and that wheels came completely off <laughs> there again, um, this series win against the Nats, we just won our first series in the month of May on there. So that's, you know, pretty, <laughs> didn't really realize it was that bad until I looked at the schedule yesterday. So that's, no. that's not what you want to see, but the starting pitching has been great. It's been everything you really could have wanted um, out of it, particularly the, I think the big three for the most part, Trevor's coming around, Sandy mm-hmm. and Pablo have been aces and it's that that's the strength of the team. And it's been the strength If that stays consistent the whole way through then, you know, the bats got to warm up and at least start coming around to their career average eventually on there. And you figure that next things could be all right, but on the other hand, you know, a lot of a lot of close games, a lot of tight losses. You mentioned we're a quarter of the way through. I was looking at this and another one-one loss last night, and the we're a quarter of the way through, and we're on track to shatter the franchise record for um, losses in one-run games <laughs> on there. And that's that's been the Marlins, right? That's been the twenty-two Marlins. The main underlying story has been one-run losses. Um, so close. It's so far away. So many times. Yeah, absolutely. What do you? Is it more of the offensive side for you that have have been just a little bit sluggish getting going? I mean, we can't really turn too much to the the starting pitching, which you said has been, I guess, as advertised. Um, Trevor has kind of taken a little bit. Um, it's been a little bit slower to get go, get going, but like Pablo Sandy, obviously hit the ground fully running. Is it the offense that's to blame for these one run games? The bullpen, the starting pitching, Don Mattingly. I don't know where where you point the finger for this one. I think I think it's got to be the offense. Now you know that being said, we've definitely had our, our ninth inning issues famously, and if mm. two or three of those go the other way, if we're talking about the Marlins as being at five hundred or one run, one game under at this point, the, the narrative on the team is probably very different. So it's it's easy to blame the on ninth inning situation, and it's definitely a problem, but. Yeah, it's got to be the offense. Those, you know, all those bats we signed in the offseason, except for Wendell, who's been out, and we've noticed. Yeah, we out. have. 
that just not quite doing their thing that it's been nice to see they had started to come around. Garcia's had hit in nine of 10 going into yesterday. Stallings had hit in seven straight going into yesterday. Um, yeah, we lost yesterday and they both went 0 for 9, I think. Um, yeah. <laughs> Garcia and Stallings combined. So, and that was a big part of why. But so hopefully they're starting to figure it out. But it's it's got to be the offense. They've got to pick it up. Yeah, I'm with you. It, it does feel like too many of them started ice cold. The the big free agent bats were ice. Stallings, I think he hit home run in his debut, if I recall, Stallings in, in that Giants first game exactly. And we were like, holy moly, here we go! What a what a what a move for the fish. But too many bats, too cold early doors, no doubt. They are starting to come around a little bit as well. One one guy I wanted to briefly pick up with you uh, that's under the radar, kind of. Um, Brian Anderson, I think he's on a 22-game on-base streak. And uh, I believe it was his birthday as well yesterday. So uh, happy birthday, BA, if you're listening. I know you will be. Uh, but Brian Anderson, sneakily putting together just a nice little consistent uh, season for him. Great to see. Absolutely. And uh, I think... I think I kind of had been on board of maybe writing him off for dead about a month ago. But just, <laughs> Me too. I did too. Yeah, but just get him on. He gets on base. You know, you go. It's it's like the money ball meme. You know, for him, he just you know he just gets on, and that's yep. that's what you want to see. And I I like him. I think if if they can really turn him into that poor man's Chris Bryant, poor poor mm. man, you know, Chris Bryant is getting on, getting on base, playing all over. He he could be a really valuable part of this team, and he's looking like it so far yeah yeah i'm with you uh, for me i was really intrigued to see what ba could do this year because you know wendell comes in and the early indications when the season got rolling it was like oh ba maybe a bench player this year you know wendell's actually going to be playing third base um more often than not jazz has fully cemented it in in second base like there is no ifs or buts there was obviously the platoon stuff early doors feels like the platoon has kind of gone away a bit with Jazz now, and they've just gone, listen, the dude's an MVP candidate. Jazz has to play every day, right? Yeah, someone someone sent Donnie a memo on that. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a – he's the franchise. Just put him out there. <laughs> you absolutely – I mean, you, you've summed it up, right? All the other clubs out there, your franchise player, he's playing every day. You know, okay, one or two days, but not straight up platoon uh, situation. Like, you know, to sit him against every lefty um, just doesn't make too much sense for me. It, it, it's pushing it too far. I mean, I, yeah. I, I'm thrilled that Mattingly discovered analytics this season, but yeah. it's putting a take, taking Jazz out as often as he was. That's just, yeah. he's, he's, he's a separate tier now. Agreed. Agreed. He's absolutely performing in at that level. I mean, he may cool off and likely will do a little bit, and he'll be up and down like any uh, any hitter through the year. But right now, Jazz Chisholm cannot be sitting against every lefty because the computer says no, not a chance. One one little kind of interesting segment from last night: the computer said yes for Anthony Bass to be out there running the bases, pinch running, Bass man out there. Unbelievable scenes for these Marlins. What did you make of that one? Oh, he can do it all. He's a, <laughs> he's a wonder on the diamond. That's it. And he's he's been able to do it do it all this year. Um, that's anytime you take Aguilar out in extra innings. I guess I just I, I always tense up a little bit, thinking that you know that old fashioned sense of extra innings where well we're going to need him in the fourteenth. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. But but that's not how extra innings works anymore. So uh, nope. the, yeah, probably the right move and. He looked all right out there. That's... He seemed to enjoy it too. I think that was the funny thing. Like, 
Bassman seems to be, uh, he's always embraced Marlins fans and, you know, it wasn't the year he wanted last year, no doubt. He obviously wanted to perform better and he was brought into close games and, you know, didn't get a save at all in 2021. Started 2022 real nicely and, you know, maybe this is just, again, another little confidence boost for him. I don't know. I'm really intrigued to see where the Marlins play it because, obviously, Bender started the year as the closer, um, is now in low leverage situations I'd describe it as now and he's having you know some serious wobbles um which again to be expected I mean Bender you know was an indie ball dude that all of a sudden popped out of nowhere so I think our expectations were set a little bit too high with Anthony Bender um what have you made of him and his kind of season it has been a real roller coaster for Bender absolutely and he's not they they can't put him in another closed situation <laughs> right now he's gotta he's gotta no. earn his way back there and uh, last night, even I mean, you know, Castano took the loss, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fault a guy for getting the first, you know, just the way extra innings works. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah, that's he he gave up a hit. <laughs> no, that's not you know, yep. that's that's not you know that's okay. <laughs> With the, the Bender is the one who still I think maybe had the worst you know, relief appearance. You know, last night that was shaky stuff to see. And it was. I just I don't. That, that that's looming as the biggest mistake, you know, on, on going into this season was just thinking that, you know, he'd be ready to lock lock that job down. That's yeah, agreed. I mean, spoke about it many many times on this pod. It was a clear need. I mean, lucky they pulled the trigger on at least two guys from the Orioles right at the end. Who knows how this pen would have played out without that? Obviously, Floro going down and Floro's kind of kind of trying to get back, but. You know, his rehab starts in, in AAA didn't look good. His, I guess, handful of appearances at the major league level this year have not looked good. Like, Flora doesn't look like the same dude at all. It wouldn't shock me if all of a sudden he's back on the IL and it's like, you know, working his way back up. It totally wouldn't. Bender put in that spot by default, um, tried his best. I'm shocked, though, just going back to the Bassman. I'm shocked that they maybe haven't given him another role, you know, another ride in that spot with, you know, some momentum building this year. What about you? I don't know. I think I think they're happy with where he's at. I, I, I almost wonder if they're afraid to rock the boat there. Like, okay, they've got this guy who, you know, no matter what's going on in the seventh or eighth, he just seems to have ice water in his veins so far. Mm-hmm. And that's a big part of the game. You know, that could be where the big part of the order comes up. Uh, there, They've kind of got him in that two-thirds of the high-leverage innings role. And, yeah, yeah, they don't want to mess with it. To be honest, I had the same thought about Poteet when they put him in to start. I was mm-hmm. don't don't mess with this guy. He's great. We've got this long man spot starter, middle innings guru going. Don't don't mess with that energy. But apparently Poteet can do everything. So I mean I mean he's gonna be out running the bases next time, Poteet. I'm I'm pretty sure of that. No doubt. I'm with you. I mean, um I, I want to ask you about Poteet actually just shortly, but before we do that, reminder this episode is brought to you by our good friends over at Built Bar, and it is Brownie. Batter puff season. Yep, yep, yep. Brownie batter puffs. I love brownies, but you know what I love more? Brownie batter. <laughs> Sometimes I eat half the batter just when I'm making the brownies. Imagine if you could lick the brownie spatula clean and get some protein in. You're in luck because Built has a new creation, and this one is better than ever. The brownie batter puff. You heard me right. This puff takes protein bars to a whole new level. And they're available right now on Built.com. Have you tried these Built Puffs yet? If you haven't, what are you waiting for? I've been harping on about these puffs for months. Puffs, what are they? They're a chocolate-covered marshmallow protein bar. Yep, that's right. Delicious-flavored marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. 
140 calories, 17 grams of protein, and only 7 grams of sugar. Brownie batter puffs are the perfect pick-me-up for any day. If you're liking what you're hearing, get yourself over to Built.com to get those brownie batter puffs right now. Use promo code LOCKED15, that is LOCKED15, to get 15% off your order. Oh, they sound sensational, those puffs. <laughs> so, Cody Poteet, like you said with Petit, um, he, he literally, and Joe Vassaro got me thinking um, after he started, obviously, Petit, I don't think it was scheduled that he was only going to go 50-odd pitches. You know, he was on an absolute roll. I, I, I Yeah, and the fingernail issue, I think, kind of flared up. He had blister issues last year, which is concerning, for the long term for Petit, like maybe that is the problem. Maybe he does kind of fall back into a relief role where he's throwing less pitches and putting less stress on his hand and his grip or whatever. But like you said, being sensational in long relief at a, at a really, really great start too. The question then is, could you put him back there? Could you all of a sudden go eighth, ninth inning Cody Poteet? I don't know. I think I'd be more on board with that, actually. I, I know I just you know, said I was worried about them rocking with him, but it goes back to what you said with the finger injury. That is a factor with him. Yep. Uh, maybe Bass just scared me so much last year and Poteet yeah. hasn't done that, um, <laughs> but that's, that could be part of this too. But I, I'd, I'd be curious. I, I think, and I think Poteet's what you try there in the ninth. If you're going to try someone new that's on the roster right now um, in, in the ninth inning, then I think you go to Poteet before you go to Bass. A quarter of the way in, in the year, how, how likely do you think the Marlins are right now in terms of working the phones, thinking about trade options to help them in the pen? Do you think that those conversations have started already with Kim Ang, perhaps? Right now, I would think, and I'm sure they're always doing their diligence and all that, but I'm now in earnest, I, I think they're going to need to wait and see, um, looking for the offense to kind of come back around. I think that's something they do if they you know climb back above 500 over the next over the next few weeks. And then maybe you see them get aggressive and with an extra playoff spot, maybe that maybe you see teams get more aggressive, actually go, go the other way as opposed to waiting longer and longer. I think that yeah. should be something the Marlins would do with it being such a clear need that for that ninth inning role, that if that's what they're going to pick up, that they should try sooner than later to acquire that. But if they were, if, if they were being as aggressive as I think maybe we want them to be, I then um, the man, a pitcher who I think we're going to talk about very shortly would be, mm-hmm. uh, I think he'd have already been in the majors. I think, yeah, they'd have been maybe even more aggressive with some other, you know, call-ups to take care of the the injuries they've dealt with already on the offensive side, calling guys up if they really thought they were going for it this year right now. I think they're going to wait to see their off-season edition show them that they are in it before they make those yep. phone calls, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm with you. You make a great point. The reality is there's been dudes in the organization already that have not been promoted into the major leagues. And let's get into, you know, the main headline for today on Thursday, the fact that Max Meyer, um, after two very shaky starts, we can't get away from it, two shaky starts his last time around, uh, given up eight earned runs. So it was an absolute massacre for Max going on to the, the IL today, which and linked to, I believe, a, a nerve issue uh, that kind of affects like your fifth, you know, I guess your pinky finger and uh, your ring finger, I believe. So that kind of part of your hand. Um, and nevertheless, the Marlins, from what they've put out there, expected not to be a long-term problem, a long-term stay on the IL. But 
boy oh boy you start talking about nerve damage down into your hands i mean that does not sound good what was your take on that one no i mean it sounds it doesn't sound like it's miles away from Degrom's injury honestly i mean they're saying yeah. it's a one two one to two week thing my uh my five minutes of google md they have found like you know a two to three week timeline on the shallow end and all our worst nightmares you know on, on yeah on the deep end of the spectrum for yeah. that kind of injury um i think i'm you know going through the stages of grief i'm uh <laughs> you know i had a had denial uh, right now i'm at anger but anger that we didn't bargain you know, again, if we weren't going to call him up to be in the majors this year, then obviously we should have traded him for offense a couple months ago when we had this yeah. awesome asset. So yeah, ang- angry that we didn't bargain is, is where I'm at. I'll just be, I'll be depressed by tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. What happens after depression? Where, where does it, where does it go after depression? Um, it's acceptance, but that's not going to happen until uh, <laughs> we make the playoffs. Or, yeah, the, um, <laughs> acceptance is a long way down the road for a Marlins fan. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Well, there we go. You make a really interesting point there that if the Marlins weren't going to try and use Max Meyer this year, if that's maybe the decision they'd already come to, and in some ways their decisions and their management of him are pointing to that, you make a really interesting point that, well, should they not pull the trigger on a on a big time trade to get in, you know, an impact bat or something right now to 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 make you know this team more you know more competitive? Like it's a really interesting point. I don't know. I mean, clearly conversations are happening. Clearly they tried to pull the trigger on Brandon Marsh last year, direct one for one with Max Meyer. Um, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. But nevertheless, it's worrying news. Worrying. The injury sounds worrying to me, and I'm. No medical expert. That is true. Sounds like, you know, (laughs) exactly. None of us are medical experts. We hope that the Marlins um, have got this one, you know, nailed down one to two weeks, maybe miss a start and then he's back and, you know, rehabbing away. But, you know, what does that mean? Let's say it is two weeks, Max misses, you know, that takes us into what, early June, you know, then he's got to make a couple of starts to make sure he's back. Okay. You know, that takes him what, you know, mid to the end of end june, of june end say, of june but, isn't it yeah end of june starts a couple of weeks of doing nothing um yeah and by that point the way things are going for the fish here um they may well need some more starters obviously uh elliot um uh, jesus lazardo's gone on the the 15 day il so he's on there elias has had a bit of a, a apache year cody poteet's obviously dealing with this this fingernail thing too so you know, Poteet right now sits in the rotation with a dodgy fingernail. Lazardo missing. Like, you will feel the health. Max Scherzer today got on the IL um, for, what, maybe two months for the Mets. They've already lost McGill. They've already lost DeGrom. Like, these starting pitchers, they'll start to go down. And the Marlins are going to need Max Meyer this year. I truly believe they are. Yeah. Um, you know, they're gonna, we're going to see him. By hook or by crook, there's no way that the Marlins can not use Max Meyer this year, in my opinion. Because... They're going to need him. Pablo will probably need a couple of weeks at some point. Sandy, actually, Sandy never will. He's the Rolls Royce. But, you know, um, Eliezer will probably, you know, he's had his, his injury problems. So I guess that then takes us to, in the nearer term, is Eddie Cabrera going to be the next one we actually see? If anything happens, let's say Cody Poteet has got a major problem. They go, actually, Edwards, get back up there, big boy. I think so. And I don't, I don't even know if it would take a major injury there. I think they're just... You know, ramping him back up a couple more you know, yeah. a couple more starts from him and he'd be you know 
about in line to to be the next man up in the pen. I think they probably like Poteet in the role that he was in. Yeah, and they move him. Yeah, and and they move him back there and get Cabrera in there in the rotation instead. But yeah, I mean, two, they, they definitely need the depth. And two or three things happen to starting pitching. It's it's the asset of this organization, and starting pitching either gets too expensive or it gets hurt. Yeah, yeah. like we've seen, and so that's they're going to need to draw on it. I, I imagine we'll start reading all about how no team will make a bigger upgrade at the trade deadline than the Marlins when they promote Max Meyer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if, yeah. they, if they think he's going to be back and all that talk, but yeah, Cabrera, you know, hopefully, you know, he keeps ramping back up, building up that pitch count. And yeah, I, I would, I would think that we'd see him in June. What have you made of Eliezer Hernandez this year? Uh, he's, uh, I, I've, I've said all year, he's a, Eliezer Hernandez is a group, Totally viable fifth starter for most major league teams. But mm. problem is that at least until this week or the past you know, week and a half, the Miami Marlins are not a typical major league team in terms of their starting pitching depth. And Eliezer Hernandez going into this season was probably already the seventh best pitcher, you know, that yeah. you know, that we had. And so we keep you know, putting him out there. He's I'm I'm I want to get him out of there as soon as we can. I think mm. he would be He's the guy I'd like to see Cabrera come in and replace. The yeah. nicest thing I can say about Eliezer starting this weekend is that we didn't, well, the last time he pitched against the Braves, we didn't lose. <laughs> and yeah. nothing, and nothing to do with him. <laughs> That's we true. Back Big came comeback, back wasn't it? Yeah. But, yeah, but he didn't take the L. <laughs> there you go. Well, he's got form. He's going to be facing the Bravos on Saturday against Kyle Wright. And I remember uh, Kyle Wright was absolutely sensational against the Marlins. You know, he was striking. I think he had what? 12 or 14 Ks or something, you know, that kind of number. So it's going to be really a tough ask. Yeah. You know, we pitch well, no doubt. And as we look ahead to this Brave series, what I wanted to kind of uh, finish up on, you know, it's going to be a, a Friday. Uh, Trevor Rogers going against Charlie Morton, which to me looks like a juicy matchup. Morton's been a bit slow out the gates as well this year. So both Trevor and Morton uh, over four ERAs, kind of almost touching five ERA for Morton. Um, then you've got Kyle Wright and, and Eliezer Hernandez on the Saturday. Wrapping up, though, with a real nice matchup, UK-friendly Sunday with uh, Ian Anderson against Sandy Alcantara, which will be a real juicy one on a Sunday. Let's see if Sandy can get some run support. Glad, glad you get to watch that. <laughs> exactly, for yeah. sure. Have you? Do you manage to get any eyeballs on the other teams? Do you pay attention to other teams and watch other games um, outside of Marlins games? Um, only... I I'm big into fantasy baseball. So, I mean, I kind of, I'm looking at everyone's stats every, every yeah. other day. Mort, Morton's been really coming around. His last couple starts have definitely yeah. been his best of the year on this. So I, you know, I, I expect him to be on top of his game mm. in, in this series. The rights, I think, gone the other way. I think his last couple starts have been, you know, he's he started hot and he's been cooling off a bit. So hopefully maybe we could, you know, we can jump on him. Nice. That would be, that would be useful. Well, let's um, we'll finish off on that uh, series real shortly. Before we do that, reminder, guys, this episode is also brought to you by Bet Online, and our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Go Heat, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information. From live betting to playoffs, esports, and more, head to the website today. Use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. Sean, if you were a betting man, uh, where are you see in this series in general, 
Were you were you thinking the Marlins at home against the Braves that have a you know have been hot and cold themselves? Who are you leaning towards with this one? Oh, it's it's probably a little bit of heart messing with my head, but I would still take I'll take the Marlins at home. They've got two of their big three in the series. This is mm-hmm. the you know Braves are always a tough matchup against the Marlins, and of course this time they have Acuna. Last time they didn't. Yep. Um, but yeah, they but if, you know San, Sandy and Trevor out there, I'll. I'll trust that Miami will find a way to get it get it done at home. No doubt. Uh, it's, it's a big week, week and a half coming up for them. You know, the next eight games are against either the Braves or the Rays on there. So it's a, yeah. it's a rough part of the schedule, and they, they need to win this series. This is unfortunately the situation you put yourself in when you blow two series against the Diamondbacks. <laughs> Earlier in the month, you know, the, but yeah, they, they, they need to go at least, I think, four and four in this next stretch of eight games and that that only happens if they win two of these next three yeah for sure you're right it is it is a tough stretch obviously um finishing up the the homestand and then back on the road i you know i guess they're they're in tampa um and then also into atlanta so you know should be fun like you said we've already seen the braves once uh and acuna wasn't there acuna now is back all being well he's he's been dealing with some groin issues i believe as well so kind of had a few games uh that he's missed but he is back um, all eyeballs will be on. I mean, Acuna and the Marlins, there's this connection forever. Sandy Alcantara as well with, with Acuna from the playoffs in 2020. Sandy will be going Sunday. I mean, it's box office stuff when Acuna and the Bravos are in town in Miami, right? The three, the three most watched first pitches of the season will be. A... <laughs> but um, what, what happens when Acuna steps in? It's it, It's been my dream since all this... BS with him started that just I, I want to see one of our starters come out there and just roll the ball to the plate. Yeah, <laughs> with yeah, yeah. Maybe, just, maybe just soft toss it like you would to a three year old and just you know lob, lob it in there just to you know <laughs> let him know that we really really don't mean it. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's he's been such a diva about all that. But the, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. And then Jazz, you know, Jazz will be leading off the bottom of those innings. So it'll be it'll be yeah. really fun for innings all weekend. I'm looking forward to that. No doubt. And and you called it out as well. Jazz and Ronnie have struck up like a nice friendship between themselves. You know, they're, they're clearly two very exuberant dudes. You know, Acuna's been one of the best players in the league for some time. And Jazz, uh, you know, his star is, is, is rising as well. So those two, I, I think there's going to be a lot of fun on the base pass for them too. Um, you know, if Ronnie's out there, you know, I don't know. I know Jazz is going to get on base, but let's hope Ronnie doesn't that often. But yeah, it should be a really fun series. Obviously, it's the scene of the crime too, where Ronnie uh, last year, where he where he he, he did his ACL. Um, obviously, at, at Lone Depot, stretching for a ball on a Jazz inside the park home run. It's funny how those two kind of careers are, are meshed, and that moment meshed. It was a wild moment. I, I watched it live and remember Braves Twitter going crazy blaming the Marlins for something and let's fire the Marlins media guy and whatever for showing the showing the highlights of a home run. Oh, it was, it was crazy, but you know, it's, it's funny just the way this Acuna, it does add some spice, right? When I watch the games, you know, when you watch like the, like the national series we just had or the Diamondback series, it feels as a fan for me anyway, watching from the UK, it lacks a bit of juice at times, you know, these matchups, you know, it's early in the year and there's not much juice going around. But listen, the Braves come to town, Acuna in, you know, back in the lineup. The juice is flowing, I think, right? Oh, absolutely. The, the Braves are the rivalry. I mean, 
you can always trust the Mets to Mets themselves. Yeah. At that contention. Same with the Phillies, Washington, you know, man, but the Braves that that's always since, since day one, that's been the, the big rivalry in the division for the fish. Yeah. No doubt. That's no different. Geographically, they're the closest, um, obviously, as well. And, uh, you know, the, the Bravos have been the class of the division for some time. Interesting to see how they go this year because they've started slow. The hangover is real. They're finding ways to lose games. And, you know, they they had a wild game yesterday where they were up heavily, pegged back. There was extras as well for them. They ended up losing with a Keston Hura bomb, I believe, to walk them off. Um, so, you know, the Braves are finding ways to lose games. I've seen Braves Twitter is in pain. Marlins Twitter has been streaky as well, I would describe it as, like the team. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a real, real fun matchup. Um, Good. Well, I think we are bang out of time for this one. Sean, it has been an absolute delight having you on the show. Tell everyone. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Tell everyone where they can find you on Twitter. If they're not following you already, let them know where they can get you because that's how we connected. So I'll I'll recommend everyone does the same. All right. I'm, uh, I'm on Twitter at Miami Sports Minute. MIA Sports Minute, and you can find my, uh, yeah, I, I treat out what I write, but you can find that at Call to the Pen. Lovely. Great Good. Time. Awesome. Well, that is myself, Peter Pratt, and also Sean Millerick out of here, Thursday episode of Locked on Marlins. And we're going to be back tomorrow, and we're going to be fully, fully deep diving into the Brave series. And I have a guest already queued up, and it is Grant McCauley from the, who used to cover the Braves. Um, very, very closely, still covering them, also linked into Locked On, uh, the Locked On Network as well. So looking forward to having him tomorrow to help dig into the Braves. Let us know what's going on. Is Acuna hot? Is he not? What's happening with Olsen? What's happening with Ozuna? All the old friends, of course. Until then, guys, enjoy the off day. Back tomorrow. <laughs>